Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey, and it just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of your loss. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of the book Widowed and of The Widow Coach. I'm also a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and the personal journey back to who you are begin. Welcome to episode 82. This is Widow Coaches class lesson number seven. We're going to touch on some highlights from this class. In class seven, we learn about holding space for another widow, or really holding space for anyone in distress. And this is almost controversial to some people because there are people who think that they're very empathic, right? And it's okay to be very empathic. We're all empathic at a certain level. It is not cold and heartless to not cry with another person. I can't stress that enough. And I have actually interviewed widows for this class. A couple of them were quite taken back thinking that, you know, putting your arm around someone's shoulder and crying with them was just the kindest, most emotional thing you can do for them. And I couldn't make them see how it is not. It's intruding on their space. And as a widow, you may have experienced this. If you're having a moment and somebody else is going to cry harder than you, it shuts you down. You don't get to have your moment because now they're crying. We often will pull back our tears because we don't want to make the other person feel bad. Or we feel kind of angry and put out with the other person. I experienced this years ago, long before Jim died. Gosh, about 20 years before Jim passed away. He did have bypass surgery. And my girlfriend came to be with me at the hospital while he was undergoing surgery. And it was wonderful that I was going to have someone there for to support me, except that it was a surgery that went on all day and we were back in this little family waiting room and, you know, the hospital got quieter and quieter as it started getting into the evening and less traffic. And anytime somebody came walking down the hall, she came flying up out of her chair, ran to look out the door to see if there was news about my husband. And I was like, wait a minute, this is my husband in surgery. She was like freaking me out every time. And making it more of her drama than it was my drama. I wanted to have my drama, damn it. <laughs> right? Actually, what I didn't want was somebody making a scene every five minutes in there. And that's what it felt like. It felt like when you need to sit down and tell somebody else what is actually in your heart about something and they start crying with you, they're kind of stopping you. It's like they're taking that dash to the door to see if they can get the news before you get news about your husband. It's not good. Holding the space means that you're going to listen to someone else tell their story 
and you're not going to have any judgment about it. You're not going to cry. You're not going to impose your own views on them about it. You're not even going to offer advice. You are just going to give them the space and the comfort to know they are safe to tell you everything about it. And if you have any reactions whatsoever, one way or the other about what they're telling you, suddenly it's not a safe space anymore to talk to you because you're going to react. It's like if they think there's some horrible thing on their soul and they're trying to tell you their story and build up to being able to get the words out of their mouth for the first time because they haven't even admitted it to themselves before, but you're already reacting to their story, they're going to stuff that right back down. They're not going to share that with you because they're not safe. They're not in a space where they could just let that out and not have somebody react to it. So holding space means that you're willing to walk alongside another person for whatever journey they're on without judging them, without making them feel inadequate by trying to fix them or trying to impact their outcome with your ideas. When we hold space for other people, we do open our hearts because we're offering unconditional support. We're totally letting go of judgment. We're totally letting go of our own need for control and ego in there. And widows need to know that there are some people that they can be completely vulnerable and weak with, without fear of being judged. They don't have to keep their chin up all the damn time, right? Sometimes we feel that way. Like every time we go out of our house, we have to keep our chin up. It's so nice to have somebody that you just can say, look, I'm a wimp right now. <laughs> right? So when I have a client that's never worked with a coach before, I might explain to her first that the discussions that we have they're not going to be anything like conversations she has with her girlfriends or her sister or her mother, right? A close friend might react to what she says or agree or disagree or try to fix her. And I'm not going to do any of those things. And at times my client might not even like what I have to say because I'm having her look at her own thoughts, but it's all going to come from a place of love and desire to teach her new skills. This is going to be real different for a client than her lunches with her girlfriend. Because as a coach, I hold space. I don't try to fix her. I don't give advice. I don't judge her. I just hear her out. Then I show her how to find her own answers. So, coaching another widow is not about you as a coach and a fellow widow. It's not about your agenda or your needs. It's more about this other widow and what she needs. And so the most important thing you can do for her is to hold space for whatever it is she needs to work out. That is a real secret of coaching. In class, we dive deep into this and how to keep our own thinking clean while we're working with the client. So we are free of judgment the whole time. 
We learn how to even hold space for each other in class. Right? We learn how to prepare to sit down with the client so that we know the tools, we know how to self coach ourselves, we know how to clear out all of our whatever thoughts we're having about the client before we sit down and talk to them. And then we're ready. We're ready to sit with the client and have no judgment whatsoever about what she's experiencing. A great example and exercise is to pretend there's another widow that you're going to sit down with and everything you know about her before sitting down are that she has kids, she's finished college, she's bought two houses since she was 25, she gets to work from home, and she worked at Disney World when she was in college. Negative events for her are her husband passed away a couple years ago. She does not get along with her mom. When her work makes her go back to the office occasionally, she has to go in and she has to commute an hour and she hates that. She's uncomfortable around her husband's family. They've kind of pulled away from her since his death. It makes her feel really self-conscious and insecure around them. And she spends more than she earns constantly. And it's so stressful and she can't stop. Now, take a moment and think about everything you think about this woman just from hearing that. What things do you already think that you know about her? What are you assuming about her? Allow yourself to assume. Allow yourself to be really critical. Go through all your thoughts about this new client or this new widow friend that you've just met and these are the things you know about her. You might assume working at Disney World when she was in college was a lot of fun, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe she hated it. You don't know for sure. We just assume that's a really fun job. We assume that she's financially secure. She's bought two houses since she was 25. She finished college, so she's well-educated. She's probably got a great job. I mean, heck, she gets to work from home, right? But she complains about it that she has to drive an hour to go into the office once a month. Oh, poor baby. God forbid you should have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning every morning like I do and go to my office. <laughs> Is that what you think? You might. I mean, we have thoughts like that. I'm telling you, you can get just as judgmental as you want, right? You might have thoughts about her not getting along with her mom. Maybe you don't get along with your mom and you think that she doesn't get along with her mom for all the same reasons. Like, oh my God, moms, right? But maybe the reasons are really different. You just are assuming that her mom's story is going to connect with your mom's story. Yeah. So you see how just a little tiny handful of facts about someone can give us a lot of notions and judgment about them. She says she spends more than she earns consistently and it feels stressful. And so now we're thinking she's really struggling with money because she keeps spending it. But heck, maybe not. Maybe she's got a lot of money stashed away. It's just the buying of things that's stressful for her because she knows she doesn't need them. It has nothing to do with her financial situation. We can't know. And if you know a few facts about someone and then you sit down with them, 
you may not even want to admit it to yourself that you have all these preconceived notions, but you do. You do. And holding the space would mean that you acknowledge that in yourself first, right? You allow yourself to acknowledge, yeah, I think working at Disney World was probably a blast. I wish I did that in college. Yeah, you could think that. But once you have allowed yourself to think all those things, you acknowledge that you think all those things and then you set them to one side because you need to hold space and really hear her out because her story may actually be very different than what you anticipated. And you're going to let her tell it and you're not going to judge her for any of it. Totally not going to judge her for hating to commute an hour to her work. You might want to judge her, but don't judge her. Just accept that it's part of who she is and she gets to be who she is. That is holding space. That's one little exercise that we work on together in class to start learning how to hold space for each other. And think about it for you. Think about when you have wanted to share something with someone else and they have all these assumptions about you and they don't, they're not without judgment. They like offer opinions and tell you what you should do. And you can't even get your story out because they're so busy telling you all the steps you should take and all the things you should do. And you end up having to defend yourself. Now you're trying to say, but I can't do that because, or I don't want to do that. or That doesn't feel right. And then they're getting frustrated because they're like, why isn't she taking my advice? Because you don't want advice. You just want someone to hold space for you. And that's what you want to turn around and give to others who need someone to just be quiet and supportive and non-judgmental to hear them out and just hold space for what they're going through without trying to fix them. That's what holding the space is all about. And to me, that is the ultimate in empathy for someone when you can allow them their own story without imposing your own story, your feelings, your tears, or what you think it's about on them. So holding the space, it's an amazing thing. And listen, if you want to find out more about Widow Coach Certification, if you think this is something that you might be interested in doing for yourself, I would be really excited to talk to you about it because I think doing the investment in money and time to do this course and to become certified as a widow. First of all, the course is amazing. It's like 12 weeks of personal transformation that I love teaching. I love seeing the light go on in the eyes of my students. I love certifying them as widow coaches. And I love the ones who... I mean, I love them all, no matter what they do with that certification. But when I see one of my widow coaches putting that back out into the world, reaching out to other widows, like, wow, that is what it's all about. So if you think that this is a, even a career course you might want to take a look at, go ahead and reach out to me. You can um, go sign up to find out more on my website at joannethelifecoach.com. If you click on coaching, there's a place where you can click and put in your name and email and fill out that questionnaire and we can set up a time 
And if you don't hear back from me fast enough, go ahead and email me directly. Say, Joanne, I want to get on the phone with you. I love that. You just send it to Joanne at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. And that's J-O-A-N-N, no E, no A. Don't mess with my name. It's really simple. <laughs> J-O-A-N-N at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com is my email. Love to hear from you. Love to tell you about the class. In the meantime, go hold space for someone who really needs to experience having an open, safe space to open up in. And in that practice, you will find joy as well. Talk to you next week. <music>